Hello, and welcome back with your host, River. And Nico, yeah. I am also here again. <laughs> We're in an interesting mood this this fine day. Actually, it's not a fine day. Because, like, it's October, but it doesn't feel like fall outside. It doesn't look like fall, and that makes me really upset. It's sad. I just want it to be dark outside, so I can, like, put a bunch of lights on and drink tea and put candles on. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I'm very- I have strong feelings about fall, okay? Okay. I feel judged now, but anyway, how have you been? (laughs) Great answer, great answer. Okay, I'm sorry. I've been good. How have you been? (laughs) Been okay, I've been okay. I'm trying to keep myself together here. It's not working. Okay, that's fine. This is fine. This is what happens when you send your teenagers to school. No, I'm joking. Send your teenagers to school. Because, I don't know. School's important. School's important. Ooh. Yeah. Makes you smart, I guess. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyways, how's school been? School's been good. <laughs> I good. joined clubs. Nice. Me too. <sighs> I I really only joined like one and no, I've joined like two and a half. <laughs> two two and a half. <laughs> Cause I've joined two clubs. I've joined the play and I've joined French Club. But I haven't oh. I haven't fully joined mock trial. Oh. But I know it's gonna happen soon. There's like a meeting during lunch for it, which should be interesting. Oh. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's <laughs> a great talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if we want to start or take a couple deep breaths, but. <laughs> I, I guess I guess we can start. I, I'm going first, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Woo. Episode four, right? We're on episode four, right? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, we are. I I did the muses, the graces, and the fates, because, you know, I'm boring, and <laughs> I, I don't know. You're not boring. Yeah. It, you have the nine muses, and I actually did good research on these ones. I'm proud of myself. I mean, I only used my one book, but they had a lot of information. (laughs) Okay, yeah, the nine muses. They're the daughters of Zeus and the name, a name I cannot say, unfortunately. (laughs) I can't pronounce it. How is it? No, wait, put it, put it in the chat. Um... Well, I have this thing on very, uh, okay, wait, on the chat, okay, cool. We're gonna, we're gonna put it in the chat, and I'll bring the chat up so you guys can see it. 
<laughs> oh, I just realized they could see the chats we texted before. Oh. <laughs> well, if you'll see the name too, guys, once it's typed. Okay, so what is it? Just type it in the chat. I'm typing it in the chat. What? I'm typing it. Okay. I have to spell it correctly. Okay, yeah, that's how it's spelled. Oh, I don't know how to say that. So it's, it's this. You guys can figure out how to say it. But yeah. I think it's something to do with, like, memory. I think that's that's the person. Cool. I, I, don't, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> okay. Well, we're closing the chat now. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah. They were created, the muses were created to have music and celebrate the... Olympians after the Titan War. Woo! 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 Go this Olympians! <laughs> <laughs> On Olympus, Apollo was their quote-unquote leader. And I put that in quotes. I don't know why, because it said leader in the book that I was reading, but I put it in quotes for some reason. Fun. It's fine. Okay, continuing. <laughs> Uh, uh, they were celebrated, and any festival or celebration on Earth or Olympus was not complete without them or a celebration of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you have this point yet, but weren't the muses the ones where, like, for example, uh... The Odyssey, like, Greek writers and poets and songwriters would, like, ask them for help to write. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty that sure. That wasn't in my book. I'm pretty, wasn't book, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm okay. pretty sure it was the muses. Ooh. Yeah, anyone who uh, challenged the muses had consequences. You have... I really don't know how to say this uh, name either. Put it in the chat. We love, we love Greek mythology. Put it in the chat. I'm opening the chat again. Okay. Silence while I type because I can't. <laughs> they get to see my beautiful sarcasm that I put in the chat. It tells me that my audio is disconnected. What do I do? Connect it. <laughs> That was sarcasm? I thought you were actually being serious. I was being serious and sarcasm. Like, I was being serious, but it sounds like sarcasm. Pyrus? Uh, sure. We're just gonna go with Pyrus. I like pie. I that sounds fine. Pyrus is uh, something to do with fire. So, um... To bake the blueberry pie. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's something with the root word of, like, pie something to do with fire. Woo. I, I don't even know. Yeah, he <laughs> challenged the... He, he was the king, and he challenged the muses in their skill of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't turn out very well. And uh, he was defeated on Mount Helicon. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's fine. And he was... Uh, that him and his uh, family were transformed. Yes, transformed. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're transformed by the muses into singing birds as punishment. Oh. That the great punishment. I don't want to anyway. become a singing bird. Continuing. <laughs> and then you have the sirens, which were the opposite of the muses, and they were, like, deceptive, and they lured sailors to their deaths. Woo! And sometimes they looked like birds. Woo! <laughs> okay. Yeah, they, they challenged the muses, and they were defeated. Woo. Because they're... I don't even know. This episode is very woo-y. <laughs> That's the mood today. It's just woo. <laughs> I think I yeah. can. Yeah, and, and as a punishment, the sirens, their feathers, which uh, previously covered their bodies, uh, they they were taken. Oh. Yeah. It's another okay. like. They, they're like rat-looking faced, human-faced birds? I, I guess. I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Alright, and then you have the muses themselves. You have Calliope, Cleo, Mo, I can't say that. Wanna put it Some... in the chat? <laughs> I don't want to put it in the chat. Okay. Let's put it in the chat. <laughs> I love how I just have a theme song for this. Awkward silence as I type this into the chat that is not in what? I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. It's fine. I'm so sorry to the people listening to this. Melpomony? I don't know. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Uh, you, you have Thalia. Um, I, I, I need the chat, Let's and I'm sorry if you hear things chat. in the background. My mom is yelling at the cat. <laughs> uh, that is another one of them. Polyhymnia? Maybe? Sure. We'll go with that. Oh, you're still typing. I can't pronounce their names, okay? Oh, that's terps. I don't even know. Okay, and then you have Urania, which I can say. Woo. Oh. And then... What was that for? We both... We both wooed at the same time. You have that one. Oh, yeah, I don't know how to say that. And uh, I'm going to try to say this one, but I'll also type it in the chat. So, Yurato? I don't know. Yurato. Erato. Erato. Something with toes. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, yeah, Calliope was uh, the most honored muse, which... um, they actually said that in the book that I read, and that's... I. What if the other muses wanted to be honored, too? Like, yeah, that's what? offensive. But there is, yeah. like, there's a magazine at my high school called Calliope, and now I know why. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, she she was the muse of heroic song and poetry, and she was depicted with a pencil in her hand and a slate on her knee. Oh. And then you have Cleo, which was the muse of history. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the first muse that I put in the chat, Mel something. The one with the, oh, this one right here, guys. Yeah, uh, was the muse of tragedy, which oh. is kind of sad, actually. Yeah. And then you have Thalia, which was the muse of comedy. <laughs> you had the second muse that I put in the chat. I believe it's this one. The, the one that starts with the P. Yes. Yeah, the muse of sacred Himes, I think that's how you say that. <laughs> I really should check what I'm saying before I... <laughs> before you Anyways, say it. The next one, the one that starts with a T, was the muse of dance and choral song. It wouldn't let me highlight it. Oh, there we go. It's highlighted. It, and then you have Urania, which is the muse of astronomy. The The first one that starts with an E. Yes. Uh, the muse of harmony. Oh, the second nice. one that starts with an E. The, the, the muse of love and hymnal songs. I think that's how you say that. Fun. Okay, and then now you have the graces. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really have to continue what I'm saying, and I just kind of stopped there for a second. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we're gonna have the chat again because I don't know how to say this. Here we go, chat. Well, yeah, yes. It, it's the the graces were the daughters of Zeus and awkward silence while I type. It's fine. That <laughs> the Yuri gnome, the gnome. <laughs> Yuri gnome? Yuri gnome? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Later writers say Aphrodite and Dinosaurus. How did you say that again? Dionysus? Dionysus. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I... Okay, anyways. We're just gonna skip their names because, again, I cannot pronounce them. Just so, put them in the chat. Yeah. Just put them in the chat. That's a lot of work. <clears throat> yeah, they were sisters, obviously. And you have their names, which are those. And oh. they live on Mount Olympus. Thalia. Yeah, that's the only one I can pronounce is Thalia. Aglaia? I don't know. It, okay. Uh, they were supposedly beautiful maidens that represented all the gentle emotions that people possessed. Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, they presided over these emotions and they and 
included grace, modesty, unconscious beauty, joy, purity, and a lot of others that I did not write down. Cool, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, the joys of life were believed to be enhanced by their presences. <laughs> My brain isn't loading today, it's fine. They had temples and altars, and incense was burnt daily at the altars. Uh, the graces took the work of the muses and added extra refinement to them, and they were thus depicted as friends of the muses, and... The graces were also seen tending to many gods of Mount Olympus, which is interesting, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> on to fates. I can't pronounce their names again. Next time? No, I didn't want to highlight that. I want to highlight the other thing. Come on, man. Don't be mean to me. Anyways, yeah, the Fates, they're, they're sisters, and their names are those three names that I just put in the chat. Clotho, something, something, and Atropus? 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 A something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, daughters of Zeus and Themis. Jeez, Zeus and needs to stop. Man, and I just interrupted you, and I'm sorry. It's fine, I interrupted your story. <laughs> just Zeus needs to stop. It, he really does. It, it, it's fine. It, it's not fine, but it's fine. Yeah, they controlled the fate of man, and I'm pretty sure I already said that, but it's okay. Uh, they they were represented like the fate of people with a thread that would be spun at their birth and cut at their death. Uh, Zeus was powerless against them, so that's that's a plus, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I'd guess so for them. Yeah, they were depicted in by artists in Greece as like pretty, but they were supposedly not pretty. Interesting. Yeah, they had sanctuaries across Greece and they also assisted the graces at points. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's all I got. The next episode's more interesting, I swear. It's it's <laughs> it's about Prometheus and Pandora. Oh. <laughs> it was very interesting to read about. So, anyways, yeah, on to you. Yeah, one second. I'm just looking at something. Because you know Greek statues? Because you just reminded me of this. Of, like, just Greek statue art, right? Um, they So, you know how they're white and, like, extremely beautiful? Uh, okay, The yeah. scary thing is they used to be painted... <laughs> Oh. Yeah. There's gonna It's kinda scary. Here. I I guess I can show you. 
I'll show everybody. Right? That is kind of... It's kind of scary. I really like them without the paint. I do not enjoy that image of... <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but they'd give them, like, bright red lips and bright red eyes. And I just... No. I don't know. I don't like them with the paint. Well. <laughs> well. So, this week's story is, of course, awful. So, get ready to get sad. <laughs> That's great. What? Um, <laughs> the little, the, the little swivel. Now we both have, I don't even know what it's actually called. So, before we start, I'd like to give a disclaimer. Gruesome details that basically involves everything. <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm having fun over here with my little uh, squiggle. <laughs> my name has arms now. <laughs> so I'm proud of this. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. So yeah, basically the story is gonna have everything you can find triggering in a story. So you're welcome, I guess. Uh, sorry <laughs> in advance. But this is this also- going to be a two-part thing, too. Yeah, this is going to be our first two-parter, because my notes were eight pages long. <laughs> so we're going to be stopping at, like, three pages and a half. And then we're going to do the other, like, three pages and a half. But you guys, you guys are going to have to wait a week, and uh, Nico doesn't have to, because we're filming two episodes today. <laughs> So, haha. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a. We can release the things at two different days because we haven't released a thing in like two weeks. I mean, I'm gonna release this episode probably either today or tomorrow. Oh, my internet connection's unstable. That's fun. Um, so I watched a 45 minute video for this, and my notes took me hours. So, yeah. <laughs> so, this episode topic is going to be about the Ken and Barbie killers, a.k.a. Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamoka. And if I butchered that last name, to be honest, I guess I don't really care. <laughs> Just because wow. she's not a great person. Sorry to her family, though. I apologize for that. But anyway, Carla was a 17-year-old high school stu student, wow, student <laughs> who worked at a local pet shop when she first met Paul. Paul was 23 years old and was a student at the University of Toronto, and he was there to be an accountant. So... Accountant. Yes, accountant. Cool. <laughs> October 17th, 1987, Carla was attending a pet food convention. And yes, you heard that right. A pet food convention. In oh. <laughs> I don't even know what that entails. What is a pet 
I don't know. Maybe you look at pet food or you taste test it. I have no idea. Why would you taste test pet food? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what happens there. But supposedly they're things. And so the pet food it convention was in Scarsboro, which is a place in, I think, Toronto, Canada. I don't know. It's in Canada. At the end of the night, her and a co-worker went down to the hotel restaurant to grab some food. Then Paul enters and the two shared eye contact. They said that they just had an instant connection. Paul was over six feet tall and was said to be extremely good looking and charming. Take that. I, f I mean, everyone has their own preferences. <laughs> I looked up what a pet food convention is and it's oh. where you learn about the network with top global dog food and cat food manufacturers with the nutrition experts and key industry suppliers. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, that's good because I'm actually going to send you a picture of the two because, you know. So, like, I'm just kind of on Google right now because I forgot to kind of save the photos to my phone. Um... <laughs> So, yeah. We're just gonna keep talking until <laughs> I get the pictures. That's fun. We could just sit in awkward silence and let everybody else sit in awkward silence <laughs> with us, because that's fun. But the, the thing- No. <laughs> Do we, though? Do we? Part of me makes- Part of me thinks that our talking is more awkward than silence, though. At the same point. I don't know, I feel like the awkward silence is a little more awkward because there's, there's silence. Okay, I'm sending you, know you a picture of the couple. Uh, on what? On your phone. So yeah, he was said to be attractive. Again, this depends who you are. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't see it, but whatever. Maybe if I didn't know things I know about him now. Um, but anyway, he approached Carla and the two began to talk, and the co-worker Carla came with left because the two seemed to be hitting it off. They end up sitting in the restaurant for hours just talking. Once the restaurant closed, the two went into Carla's hotel room. But it's okay, because the age of oh. consent in Canada is 16 years old. <laughs> so this is not illegal. Because, you know, in America it's 18 and she was 17, so just putting that out there. It was not illegal, so, yeah. Carla believed he was the man of her dreams, and the two made a very good-looking couple, which is quoted. Paul would tell his friends that he found his soulmate and that everything was perfect. So, Carla was the oldest of three daughters. She was well-liked and was pretty and somewhat popular. She lived in St. Catherine in Ontario. In high school, she had many boyfriends and many boys liked her, and when she met Paul, he, he was all she would talk about, how he was so much older and how he was in college, and they thought, he, and then Carlos French just thought he was like so amazing, because I don't know. <laughs> um, so Paul 
was the youngest of three children. He was said to be a sweet kid who had a terrible upbringing. His mother was verbally abusive, and when it was 16, he found out the man he called Dad was actually not his father. This deeply upset him, and it broke all his trust he had with his parents. So, this is where things start to get a little darker. Oh? (laughs) Oh, awkward laugh. At 16, this was when he would start peeping through the windows of his female neighbors. And and in all caps, I I wrote, yikes. He would just, yeah, he would just sit there and watch them. Then when he got older, the peeping just didn't cut it anymore. And he said that his fantasies just got so much darker. Again, it just gets darker and darker as I keep talking, so... Again, I warned you in the beginning. And he would dream of raping and controlling women. Oh. Yep. I don't like that. Yep. (laughs) So, in September of 1983, Paul started studying at the University of Toronto. The people who knew him loved him, and again, he had such a strong charm about him that he almost drew people in. He was also seen as the life of the, of the party, and if he was at a party, it was going to be a good one. I'm pretty sure there's a picture of him with, like, a lampshade over his head, to be honest. I don't know. have never been to a party, so, yeah. Uh, Paul ha <laughs> Paul had had a few girlfriends in college. It would start really well, almost like a honeymoon stage of a marriage where it's like, ooh, like, you're so awesome. Oh, you're so awesome. And then, and then it would become abusive, violent, and controlling. Then the women would dump him. So during the spring of 1988, A sexual predator was going through Scarsborough, and by May, there had been seven different reports made to the police. The police went on TV and warned- Wow, I What's up with us today? (laughs) A lot. And warned women about the predator. They told women not to walk outside alone at night, and not to stay out late at night. The attacker would grab women from the bus stop at night- or in the park while they were running, he would approach them from behind and get them behind bushes or some kind of coverage and rape them. So, not a great guy. So, sometimes he would beat them afterwards. At first, the attacker would just, like, grope the women, but then it became more violent. So, he was given the name of the Scarsborough Rapist. So, if you live in Canada, you probably know this case. Um, none of the women saw his face, really, since they were attacked from behind. The only thing they knew that he was a young, good-looking guy with, with, uh, light hair. So, police were able to get 100 DNA samples for suspects, but nothing matched. That's when the Toronto police called in... So, in the video, he was called, like, an analysis or profiler, so... The FBI guy. They called him in. (laughs) Uh, so he could, like, draw up a sketch and stuff like that. The analysis was able 
to also attach four more cases to the rapist, so 11 victims in total. The profiler discovered the attacks were anger-based and sadistic in nature, which was a rare combo, and whoever this person was was dangerous. They discovered the person was a high-functioning, intelligent, psychopathic, sexually sadistic offender. That was a lot to say in one breath. They also believed the person lived in the area, most likely in a family household, and that they should be in their early 20s. So, when Carla and Paul had first started dating, the Scarsborough rapist had already made three attacks. Carla never suspected Paul. He would often show up with flowers and gifts, and their relationship seemed to move very quickly. <laughs> As of uh-huh. eight... As of 18 months, Paul would drive over 80 miles to visit Carla, and Carla's family just loved Paul because he was a great catch, quoted. He was educated, and he was handsome. His life was on a good track, and they just thought he was just, like, super great. Like, the best guy she should have, like, could have been with. So, spring of 1989, Carla graduated and wondered what the next chapter of her life would entail. At this point, the honeymoon period started to fade, and Paul started to become a little verbally, verbally, wow, abusive. They would soon have an argument, and Carla would forgive Paul, and he would apologize, maybe with a gift or some flowers. Then they would just move on. So, in December of 1989, Carla and Paul would go on a romantic getaway to Niagara Falls, but on the Canadian side, I believe. And there, Paul proposed to Carla, and she said yes. She went home and told her parents, and her parents were absolutely thrilled. I said that weirdly, but just ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Spring of 1991 was their wedding date. So, on May 29th of 1990, the police drew up a sketch of what they thought the Scarsboro racist looked Racist. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't speak. I mean, I don't know if he was racist. He, he actually, he might have been. Rapist, though. Uh, apologies. Apologies. I can't speak. Just continue. I'm continue sending you a picture. Go. I'm sending you the picture of the sketch, by the way. Oh. These will be posted. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, one of Paul, Paul's friends saw it, and they were like, wow, this kind of looks like Paul. And one of Paul's best friends even called, poli- called the police and said the drawing looked like Paul. And they noted that. But by November of 1990, several people called saying it looked like Paul. So because of that, they brought him in for questioning, asking if they could get a DNA sample, and he agreed to it. They sent it to the lab with hundreds of other samples, and it just kind of sat on a shelf, waiting to be, like, tested. Because, like, remember, this is the 90s, DNA is kind of new. So it's just, like, it took a while. Sadly, it took a while. So after this, Paul decided to move to St. Catherine to live with Carla and her family. As so- But funny thing is, as soon as Paul moved, the crimes in Scarsboro stopped happening. But they started happening in St. Catherine's. Funny coincidence. 
the family did not think he could be connected to these crimes, especially Carlo's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. She looked up to him as an older brother, and he then developed dark urges towards her. So remember, he is 23. Just keep that in mind. Actually, he might be even older by now. But he would watch her undress from time to time and give in to his urges. Yep. So he told Carla that he needed something she couldn't supply. And that was a virgin. But the closest thing to her virginity would be her younger sister, Tammy's. She... Oh, he pressured Carla into letting him take Tammy's virginity, and Carla said she just wanted to please him so that he wouldn't leave. And I lost my spot of notes, so... Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, they made a plan to drug Tammy so Paul could rape her, and this would be Carla's Christmas present to Paul. Merry Christmas. That is, like, so gross. So, December 23rd, 1990, Carla's family went to bed, and Carla kept Tammy up, saying that they could drink together. Because, I don't know, I guess that's what you do with your 15-year-old sister. Um, I actually don't know what the drinking age is in Canada. I th- so, I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> Wait, no, I want to look it up. Okay, that actually makes it easier. You look it up. <laughs> do do. Oh wait, no, wait. We might get copyrighted if I start going like that. Oh, uh, nineteen years. Okay. Of age, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Continue. <laughs> <Can> you? <laughs> so Carla made the drinks and ended up crushing up pills into Tammy's drink. Carla was working at a vet clinic and stole animal tranquilizers and used them on Tammy. I know I can't speak today. These pills could easily knock anyone out and and she thought it would be easier to keep her sister asleep. Wow. Is is the tranquilizer ketamine? I just, I'm I'm curious. I don't know? know. But I know she... Carla also soaked a rag in halothane. I don't know what that is, but okay. And kept it over her while Paul raped Tammy. They also recorded the whole instance. And when Paul was done, he told Carla that it was her turn. So, she listened and they recorded it. But the thing is, Tammy began to vomit and she began to choke on that vomit. And the two freaked out. They dressed her, hid the camera, and called the ambulance. They told the ambulance that they tried to revive Tammy after she passed out due to drinking. So, Tammy ended up being taken to the hospital and was later pronounced dead. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, one of the doctors examining Tammy- Wow, that truck is loud. Uh, sir. Oh, that's a huge truck. It's a truck holding, like, another truck. (laughs) I don't get it. Okay, but anyway. Uh. Okay, one of the doctors examining Tammy noticed a burn around her mouth where Carla was holding the rag. 
Carlin Paul said that happened when they pulled her off the bed onto the floor to revive her, and that it was just rug burn. So, they were like, okay, that sounds reasonable. So they didn't look into the burn anymore. They were just like, yeah, rug burn, okay, it's fine. Um, so it was concluded that Tammy died of natural causes. But remember, she was 15. So, can't really die of natural causes when you're 15. <laughs> and also, like, yeah, I don't know. Also, they could have easily used a rape kit, but what, whatever. It's fine. Well, it's not fine. But you get what I mean. Um, so Carla's parents were absolutely devastated. They honestly thought the death was just a tragic accident. They thought that Tammy was experimenting, wow, experimenting with, like, alcohol. You really cannot speak I know. I know, it's bad. So they thought she was just experimenting with alcohol and that she took it too far. So yeah, that is the end of part one. How long? How long is this episode so far? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's, it's fun. Yeah. When did we start recording? Um, um, I don't know. I think. Wait, let me see. Let like ten forty-five-ish, maybe. I'll look in the chat. So that was eleven oh five. Maybe at like eleven fifty. So, 11.50 to 11.30, how long is that? I mean, not 11.50, 10.50 to 11.30. How long is that? I can't do math. 10.50 10 to 11.30? Yeah. That's 40 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit longer than that, because we still have to do our plugs and things like that, and get you all hyped up for part two. It will just get yeah. a whole lot darker. On, I think maybe both sides. <laughs> oh, like on yours because you're doing like Prometheus and Pandora. So well, it's a little bit dark, but it's not that like. Yeah, it's not. It's not it, my it story comes dark. With a happy ending. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so follow us on Instagram at. I don't remember, so I'm going to pull it up right now. <laughs> I'm a mess. What? I, I was telling them to follow us on Instagram, but then I forgot uh, what our Instagram, like, was, okay, rainy oh. underscore day underscore podcast. So follow us there. Uh, we'll post episode, like, notifications. We'll post overviews. We'll just post a bunch of different, probably at some point point weird stuff related to true crime paranormal stuff mythology etc etc um go to our website at rainydaypodcast.webnode.com with a little slash at the end follow us on facebook uh our page is rainy day podcast and there's a group link to it if you can't find the page go to the group and it's linked yep and then 
you're if you're listening to this, you're on YouTube, but we're also going to maybe try to get it on Google Podcasts if anyone listens to Google Podcasts. We don't And know. also someday we'll probably get it on Spotify if we're we can trying to do that. Yes. Exactly. So <laughs> wish us yeah. luck and if you know how to do any of that stuff, reach out. Type in the comment. Oh, email us. Email us. Yeah, our email is... I actually don't know what our email is. I think it's a, rain, a rainy day podcast at gmail.com. Wait, I have it up. It's, uh, yeah, it's a rainy day podcast at gmail.com. You are right, yeah. Yeah, so email us, comment, DM, whatever. Uh, so, thank you guys for listening. Oh, you see my background. But that's fine, because it's literally our... Yeah. Anyway, bye! Bye.